You're listening to The Peak Podcast with me, Christina Roman. We're having real, intimate conversations about the interconnectedness of life. Join us as we discuss big topics like intuition, personal mastery, and emotional wellness and why they matter for you. I recently sent out an email to my email subscribers and asked them what they most wanted me to focus on in the coming weeks. One of the things that came up was my opinions on the unregulated coaching industry. I also have a mini series coming out on decision making that people are pretty excited about. But one of the other things that was mentioned in a few different ways was this idea of limiting beliefs and how to change them. And then other people asked that in a different way. So they asked about how do I create a new identity and then cement it with the community around me? So I wanted to address that topic. I ended up creating the longest post that I've ever written. So it's insanely comprehensive. It's 2,600 words. But all of those words were super important to this concept. And so I decided to actually put that into audio, which is what you're about to listen to. But if you're more of a visual person, you can go to peakcoaching.co slash identity, and you can actually read this entire thing, or you can read along while you listen to my very soothing voice. (laughs) So this is called How to Change Your Identity or How to Change Your Limiting Beliefs, whatever feels like more of a fit for you. How can I change my limiting beliefs once I've identified them? How do I form an identity and reinforce it through habit? How do I stop believing something I don't want to believe? I get asked these kinds of questions often. Here is a one-stop process for changing your identity. It's not the only way, but holy shit, do I believe in it. I've seen it work time and again. But let me tell you, You can't listen to this and poof, believe different things about yourself. You must dig in, unearth, and then practice. If you're not prepared to do the work, there's no point in listening any further, unless it's just for fun. In that case, stay here. So a quick note that if you have any thoughts of self-harm, feel out of control in any way, or suspect that your beliefs are part of a larger mental health issue, please reach out to me for a therapy referral. Those situations are not a fit for coaching or coaching techniques. Continuing on, here's what we're going to talk about today. What you need to know, understanding your unintentional results, the transition to an intentional world, cementing a belief and up-leveling it, potential pitfalls, one last empowering thought from me, and resources. So here's what you need to know. Beliefs are thoughts that you've repeated over and over that you likely now think are inherently true. We're about to disrupt all of that. Our brains are wired to validate and confirm what we believe. We seek and create evidence of our beliefs in every moment. This can be extremely beneficial or extremely detrimental. If you dig deep, you'll see that you've collected hundreds, if not thousands of pieces of evidence to support your beliefs. These are often subconscious thoughts that you might not even be aware of. Trying to change your life at the action or habit level instead of at the level of the mind often fails because you are trying to create habits that conflict with your identity. In the words of James Clear, good habits can make rational sense, but if they conflict with your identity, you will fail to put them into action. Or if you do put them into action, you usually won't sustain them, again, because of the conflict with your perceived identity. I have a graphic in the post that is showing the way that your thoughts become beliefs, your beliefs become your identity, and then your identity validates your thoughts. And so that is a cycle that can be amazing or, again, really challenging. 
Moving on to understanding your unintentional results. The first step to making change is always to first understand where you are and how you ended up there. As they say, you can't give directions to someone if you don't know where they're standing. Digging in shows you what you're working with, and it also helps you fully understand that you have created the results you have currently. That's right. You created them. I use the word created, not caused. It sounds like semantics, but I find created to be empowering, while caused is very blamey. The good news is that you're a master creator. If you created results that you don't want, you can create results that you do want. Let that really sink in for a second. Now I want you to do something very woo-woo with me real quick. Thank yourself for having created your current results because they are showing you your thoughts. They are your thoughts made manifest. Say it out loud. I am a master at creating things. Time to create more things that I actually want. Case study. Case study number one. Client has been struggling to lose weight. When you get down to it, he discovers that he believes he'll never be able to lose weight and keep it off. Why does he believe this? Here are his thoughts. I've never done it successfully before. The men in my family struggle with weight loss. There's no way to lose weight without feeling deprived. I'm not willing to do what it takes. I'm too lazy. I don't want to feel left out in social settings. And our society isn't set up for weight loss. Case study number two. A client is having trouble writing the book she wants to write. When you get down to it, she discovers she believes she's not actually talented. Why does she believe this? Here are her thoughts. I don't have a college degree. My family doesn't prioritize learning. I don't have a support system to give me feedback on whether my writing is good. I don't have enough book sales yet to validate my talent. I struggle to come up with compelling plots. And my dad told me I wasn't very smart. Here's what's happening. Both of these people, like every other human on the planet, thinks that their reasons are sound. In their mind, they're just reporting facts. But here's how it plays out, true or not. Case study number one. Think back to that guy. His thought, there's no way to lose weight without feeling deprived. He feels resigned. From a feeling of resigned, he takes actions and inactions. He keeps overeating. He doesn't research healthy eating plans. He doesn't make any changes to his diet or exercise. He seeks evidence that he's getting pleasure from food, and he doesn't make a plan for the future. The result of this is he has created the conditions to not lose weight and to continue getting his pleasure from food. He's proven to himself that to give this up would mean deprivation. Do you see how that proves his original thought? Case study two. Think back to that woman writing the book. Her thought, I don't have enough book sales yet to validate my talent. Her feeling is desperate. From a feeling of desperation, she takes actions and inactions. She checks her book sales constantly. She checks book reviews. She doesn't take a writing course. She doesn't take breaks from writing. She doesn't sleep enough. She researches her competitor's work constantly. And the result of that for her is she looks externally to validate her talent, she's burnt out and not producing work she's proud of, and she's not creating the conditions to develop her talent. Do you see the way that that validates her original thought, I don't have enough book sales yet to validate my talent? Do you see that they're both creating their own reality? Now it's your turn to get radically honest. On the post, so peakcoaching.co slash identity, I'm going to ask you, 
what you believe about certain areas of your life. So what do you believe about your career? What do you believe about your relationships? What do you believe about your money? What do you believe about your fitness, etc.? Then I'm going to ask you, why do you believe that? Unearth all of the evidence that you've collected over the years. And then you ask yourself, what am I creating for myself that reinforces my current identity? So I want you to pick one thought from the box above. You're going to write down that one thought. Then you're going to ask, when I think this thought, how do I feel? When I feel this way, what do I do and not do? And when I do and don't do the actions above, what is the result for me? Does your result create evidence for your original thought? If not, then definitely reach out to me because there's something that's gone awry here. But it has to create evidence for your original thought because that's how this works. And then I ask you this. Do you see as clearly as you could see with the case studies that you are creating your own reality? Now, the transition to an intentional world. In a dream world, you identify what you've been believing, you identify what you'd like to believe, and boom, problem solved. Unfortunately, life ain't so simple or linear. The good news is this keeps me in business as a life coach. So let's start huge. What would you like to believe about your current results or circumstance? Go wild. What's the craziest, most outrageous belief that you'd secretly love to have? You can believe anything. For this example, I highly recommend choosing one specific area of your life so that you can really focus in and dial in on that. Here are some guiding questions. What does my future self believe? Zoom five years into the future and ask that version of yourself. Why does my future self believe this? What thought would create my desired feeling for me? For example, if you seek joy, what thought would create joy? It doesn't need to be believable yet. We're just dreaming big. So what we've done is gone to your intentional model, the thoughts, feelings, actions, and results that you'd like to have. But often there's a gap between where you are unintentionally right now and where you'd like to be intentionally, where that future self already is. Let's work on bridging that gap. So here's my hot take. Mantras suck. You won't hear me use the word mantra in my coaching. If you do, please call me out. Here's why. Mantras are often phrases that you repeat over and over to yourself without actually believing them. The idea is that if you say it enough, it will sink in. But I've come to realize it doesn't really work like that. Here's what does work. Slowly building your belief in yourself step by step. How? With ladder thoughts. Ladder thoughts. A ladder thought is a totally believable, dialed-down version of your ideal belief that serves to bridge the gap between your current belief and your future belief. Do you remember the story of the paperclip that turned into a Ferrari? The idea is that if you start with a paperclip and one step at a time, you trade it for something just slightly more valuable, all of a sudden, you're going to have a Ferrari. Okay, fine. Not all of a sudden, but soon enough. That's what we're doing here. Bring your patience and get ready for your Ferrari. And then I said, this is a joke. My lawyer would be mad if I didn't make that explicit. I'm not giving you a Ferrari. Sorry, guys. So here's a few examples of lead-ins to ladder thoughts. You could say, I am open to the idea that dot, dot, dot. It is possible that dot, dot, dot. Other people believe that dot, dot, dot. I am beginning to believe that dot, dot, dot. So here's another case study. Case study number one. 
a client believes the thought, I am dumb. A typical mantra would be, I am smart, but this doesn't serve the client because they don't believe it. Here's how they might ladder up to a new belief. I am dumb becomes, I am open to believing that I'm not always dumb. I am open to believing that I have some qualities of a smart person. I am open to believing I have many qualities of a smart person. It is possible that I am smart. I am smart. Again, this takes a lot of patience. It's going to be a lot more time to go all the way up to that new thought, but it's actually going to work. So that's the trade-off. Case study number two. A client believes the thought, my community doesn't support me at all. A typical mantra would be, I have a supportive, loving community. Here's a sample ladder thought process instead. My community doesn't support me at all becomes, I have one friend who supports me. That becomes, I am open to believing that I have other friends who support me too. It is possible that I have a supportive, loving community. I have a supportive, loving community. Remember two things. You are always seeking and creating evidence for your beliefs. And two, your beliefs, thoughts you've repeated over and over, create your feelings, which create your actions or inactions, which create your results. By living from a new belief, even if it's just a slightly more productive version, your results will change. This takes us back to step one, lather, rinse, repeat. Your turn to get radically honest. This worksheet is again in the post. What do I want to believe? What are some latter thoughts to get me there? You could use, again, I am open to the idea. It is possible that other people believe. I am beginning to believe. Check yourself. Are these thoughts completely believable to you? They must be. If you can't find a thought that's completely believable to you, shoot me an email. We can work on it together. Next up, cementing a belief and up-leveling it. By now, you've identified where you are, where you want to be, and how to bridge the gap in between with ladder thoughts. It's time to cement the belief, up-level it over time, and totally change your identity. Here's how to practice using the productive, believable thought that you found. Write your current believable thought down and put it everywhere. A sticky note on your mirror, your computer background, your computer password, anywhere that you'll see it on a regular basis. Begin living from your future beliefs. Ask yourself, would someone who is my ideal identity do this action or would they skip it? So that example might be working out. Make a list of 20 pieces of evidence for your new belief. Ask yourself, what new actions are flowing from my new thoughts and feelings? What new results are these actions creating? How are these results validating or conflicting with my new thoughts? Check in with yourself daily. Am I still believing this thought? If not, what changed? If so, am I ready to bump it up a notch to the next ladder thought? Case study. A client who has believed I'm bad with money for years believes the thought I'm open to believing I'm not terrible with money. Do you see that little, little step? A feeling of hopelessness now feels hopeful. Even just a little wiggle room is enough traction here. She previously avoided looking at her finances, didn't research investments, didn't talk to friends about money, didn't seek out a financial accountability partner, and didn't know how much she spent. Her new actions are to set up a Mint.com account, set up a free money coaching session with a local bank, track her spending, 
and make a list of evidence for her new belief. Those examples might be, I packed my lunch today. I learned what a Roth IRA is. I gave generously to charity, and I set aside time to make a plan. Do you see the extraordinary difference these actions might make? One set of actions leads to out-of-control spending, limited awareness, and no plan in place. A slight up-leveling in her thoughts leads to more awareness and a plan. And she never even had to repeat the mantra, I am great with money, 1,000 times. Now, I want to bring us to potential pitfalls. So there's four of them that I want you to stay really aware of. So if you've practiced this entire guide, and it's not going to happen overnight, let me tell you that much, but if you've practiced it and it's not quite clicking into place, come back to this and listen to these four pitfalls that might be happening to you. The first is blurts. I see this often with my clients. I ask if they believe a thought and they say yes, but I can tell from their tone and body language that they don't. Once we dig in, we identify that their mind is spewing out quiet rebuttals to the new thought. These are blurts. Listen carefully to the blurts and keep reworking your believable thought until the blurts go completely silent. Don't stop until your mind is completely blurt-free. That's when you know you found a powerful, believable thought. Pitfall number two is identity conflict. Repeating this concept from James Clear that I mentioned earlier. Good habits can make rational sense, but if they conflict with your identity, you will fail to put them into action. If you're struggling with habit formation, check in with yourself. Do you need to revisit your thoughts around this part of your identity? Use this information to dig deeper and get to know yourself more. Pitfall number three, no compelling reason. If you hit a roadblock, ask yourself, why do I want to change this belief system? Cementing a compelling reason can keep you on track or get you back on track. Pitfall number four, misaligned identity. This is a quote from Parker Palmer. Before you tell your life what you intend to do with it, listen for what it intends to do with you. Before you tell your life what truths and values you have decided to live up to, let your life tell you what truths you embody, what values you represent. This idea from Parker Palmer perfectly encapsulates another potential pitfall. Working to create an identity that doesn't match your inner calling. If you're striving to be someone who isn't fundamentally you, it will likely feel off. The uneasy kind of discomfort, not the growth kind. Check in with your inner voice about who you really want to be. And if you have any trouble accessing that inner voice, please feel free to contact me. One last empowering thought. These concepts from James Clear help you take the pressure off yourself. Quote, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. End quote. Here's another quote. Incentives can start a habit. Identity sustains a habit. If you're looking for more resources on this topic, I recommend the books The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, Atomic Habits by James Clear, Belong, Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life by Radha Agarwal, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And a big thank you to the lovely minds that helped me flesh out this post. You know who you are, and I so appreciate you. I also appreciate everybody listening. I hope that you really, really enjoy digging into this process. It can be a really fun one. I just want to mention that I had a 
conversation recently with some friends about self-work. And when we go into ourselves, they were saying it can be ugly and it can be messy. And I don't disagree, but I'd also just want to add in that you have the potential to find really cool, exciting, wonderful things out about yourself. So enjoy digging. Please feel free to reach out if I can support you in any way and have fun changing those limiting beliefs. It's going to be really exciting on the other side. Thanks and take care. Thank you for listening to The Peak Podcast. Your support helps this podcast grow. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and then head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is so much appreciated, and I will see you on the next episode.